1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake DT. The two places you can get the live broadcast, internet streaming radio feed for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You can also pick it up by downloading the Mix LR, that's Mix Live Radio Mix LR app, and searching Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And you're watching us here on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. Both of those every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Whether you're listening or watching, we appreciate you being here. And we're into that part of this week's broadcast where I get to speak with a trio of Syracuse football players, current players, On the team as they head into their matchup going up against Holy Cross at home with an opportunity to be a winning team for the first time since going 1-0 to start the season on the road at Liberty. I am now here with Sean Riley, wide receiver slash kick returner slash punt returner of the Syracuse Orange. He'll be first on the list and then next up will be Mo Neal, running back of the team, and then we'll round out the trio with center and overall offensive lineman Aaron Service. So with that being said, let's get things started with my one-on-one conversation with Sean Riley, the record setter, coming off of setting a career record at Syracuse as the new leader in kickoff return attempts and kickoff return yards following the game up against Western Michigan, a victory for Syracuse in that game as well. Today, you set the record for career kickoff return attempts and kickoff return yards in Syracuse history. Just what that means
2: to you? I mean, that's crazy. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, not, not many people get a chance to do that. And um, I'm thankful for the coaches for trusting me, putting me back there since my freshman year. And, um, I mean, it's, it's good to uh, leave something behind, you know, what I'm doing.
1: And uh, hopefully it's, uh, it stays up there for a long time. You seem very fearless when you're out there and yeah. fielding that ball. I mean, the guy's right next to you, ball comes in hot, and you just kind of look like it's chump change. Right, yeah. I mean, uh,
2: being a, 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 I guess, a smaller guy, you know, I don't like to say that, but um, I have to show that, you know what I'm saying. And um, I feel like where I, where I grew up, it was kind of rough, and um, that taught me to be fearless, you know. You got to um, and also be smart, you know. But um, I like taking advantage of every opportunity, and um, I like being aggressive. So that's kind of. Speaking like, of where you grew up. And and why that made you such a strong person? Um, You know, uh, so what do they call it? Um, Poverty area, you know, Kershaw in Los Angeles. So, you know, not a lot of people get this opportunity. Not a lot of people finish high school, you know what I'm saying? Um, It's just you can go one way or the other. There's a lot of gang violence. You can choose that route, but I chose football and I stuck with it. And now I'm here, so it's crazy.
1: You and I have spoken about this the last couple of years seeing you in practice and saying ACC, Special Teams Player of the Year, you have worked your way to not only be at the top at Syracuse, to be there for kick return and punt return, but people are looking at it in the ACC and across the country just what you've been able to do historically, just what you can say about that. I mean,
2: that's amazing. Um, I feel like I've always had that niche for special teams, and I kind of like, honed in on that and I took it really serious. You know, Not everybody wants to go back there, You know, and I, I, I always wanted to do that and um, I mean that's that's an honor for all those people to uh, watch and um, show, give me props and love
1: you know what I'm saying but uh, we got more games left so I got to finish season punt return, kick return you get involved in also as wide receiver do you feel like you're building a resume I know you got to focus on the team, you got to focus on the season but do you feel that you're building a resume for the NFL?
2: I mean of course uh, every time you step foot on the field you build that resume so no uh, I put put my laser focus on when I'm back there on punt, punt return, uh, make sure I see the ball all the way in, you know what I'm saying, uh, kick return as well, and, uh, yeah, I feel like definitely every time you step foot on the field, uh, somebody's watching, so
1: you got to do your best. DeVito comes into this game, no interceptions, four passing touchdowns, and runs for a touchdown. He hits that big-time touchdown run, and, and before that in the first quarter, he had a 60-yard touchdown, or a 60-yard gain on the ground. Just what you can say about his running ability and him playing pretty good football i would venture to say in this game
2: i mean i feel like he came in this game with a chip on his shoulder you know a lot of people say things and um, i feel like he he saw you know he sees everything took all that in and uh, he wanted to prove that that's not what that's not him you know what i'm saying and uh, he proved that and um, he shows what he can do you know what i'm saying he's a good quarterback you know, we got eight games left, so he's going to do it all over again next week. How do you feel he's handled all the outside noise? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he tunes it out, you know what I'm saying, as best as his ability. And he comes into practice, and then he, uh, he, um, he's he been a leader that he should be. And um, I feel like... He's uh trying to prove everyone wrong. That, that was, I feel like that was his mentality. If I could speak
1: for him, yeah, you're one of the vets that's obviously there offensively. Mo Neal is one of them as well. He comes into this game, starts the game off with a rushing touchdown, ends the game with a rushing touchdown, kind of bookends it. Just what you could say about some of those guys that have been here, like you have, throughout all of the ups and downs. I mean, I feel like we need guys like that to step up and make plays. The
2: guys who need to make plays need got to gotta make those plays. And uh, you know, Mo every time he touches the ball, he. To score and um, uh, he, he gave us an opportunity to win tonight, and um, I'm excited you know, for everyone. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was a good win.
1: You get back to 500 at two and two. What did you feel coming off of that Clemson game? Because it didn't look like Clemson played perfect football. It looked like there were some mistakes made on, on your side as a team, where the game could have been a lot closer. Did you feel that as well? That maybe that one got away? Well, uh, you know, most definitely. Uh, I feel like we trained all
2: offseason for that game. Um, I felt like they were giving us a lot of opportunities to win the game. Uh, I would say Clemson didn't win that game and we lost that game, in my opinion. But, um, you know what I'm saying? you got to move on, you know what I'm saying? and uh, Now we can, we got an opportunity to win the rest of these games, like I heard Coach Baber said, and uh, have a better
1: season than we had last year. Justin Lustig, I, I hear so much about guys that are on the team as well as recruits talking about how much they love him and just what he does as a leader and just his personality. What can you say about Coach? I mean, I love Coach Lustig. Uh, he brings a lot of energy to the team.
2: Um, I feel like he's the best special teams coach in the nation, and uh, he just knows how to get guys going and 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 want to do something. You know what I'm saying? Especially on special teams, and uh, everybody loves him, and I love him. And, uh, I'm happy we got him. Coach Babers, what's his message after you guys get to two and two? Uh, like I said, win the rest. Um, moderation, a good game today, and. uh what is the go, go
1: undefeated at home the rest of the way out. That's what he wants to do. For you to be, to kind of bring it full circle to have that history of most kickoff attempt, kickoff return attempts and then kickoff return yards just for you to know about Syracuse's history and a lot of those wide receivers that were back there accepting punts and kickoffs. I mean, you're on a long list of guys, but now you're at the top of that. I mean, that's crazy. I know Syracuse has a
2: long list of guys, like you said, a, and then a lot of history. And um, now I'm I'm now I'm a part of that, and it's just—it's crazy. Honestly, to think I, I haven't really been taking it all in, but I mean, it's crazy. That's all I can. Over 2,200 kickoff return yards. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And let me get one more. Crazy. Does that suit your
1: face?
2: I mean, it felt like it. This—I mean, it went so fast. I mean,
1: just—that's a lot of yards. Now you colored your hair. Is it still uh,
2: my lady when I was out? You know. The oh, okay. It's not orange right now. So what are you doing? Are you it back orange or not oh uh, yeah most definitely uh i just felt like it was a way to show my school of spirit you know what i'm saying uh and i don't know i just i
1: just felt like that's something i, I wanted to do i like that coming from sean riley i was like you colored your hair orange he's like yeah my lady went out of town so i was like all right well so you're going out of town again we're going to make it happen again so sean riley uh awesome awesome guy as you heard us talk about in that conversation, I had made the statement to him that, you know, I, I we him and I had talked about last, it was last year during practice, he was walking off the field and I looked at him and I said, ACC special teams player of the year. And he was like, it's what I'm working for. You know it. And, and I look at him now and over 100 kickoff return attempts when he hit 107, Set the record over 100 kickoff return attempts at Syracuse. And 2,299 kickoff return yards is when he set the record as well. Over 200, over over 2,200 yards. Over 2,200 yards. Think about that. Over 2,000 yards returning. Over 100 kickoff attempts. And that's why I tell people all the time, I want to keep the game safe and I want to make the game safer. But you can't take special teams out of it because people make their hay on special teams. Sean Riley has been a starting receiver for the team and used in rotation as a receiver for the team for the better part of his career at Syracuse, and he's also willing to go be a kick returner, and he's also willing to go there and be a kick returner, and a uh, kick return, a punt returner. No matter what. Players have come into Syracuse. He's put himself back. Cordy has done some stuff. Nikeem Johnson has done some stuff. But he's been willing to go back there and be a part of it. And to keep with that theme of the importance of special teams, I spoke with Moniel about Abdul Adams. And Moniel and I have a conversation about a lot of different things, including Abdul Adams. And a shout out to Nikki D, who's who's watching and listening to the show right now. I knew Nick since I was a baby. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you to everybody that's been watching and listening this morning. If you're watching, you're watching on facebook.com backslash live now DT. And if you're listening... You're listening on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. You can listen and watch live to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora during our normally broadcast scheduled hours, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Once the show goes live, you can always feel free to search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Stitcher, Spotify, MixLR, because they have an archive as well to the live feed. Tune in, Podbean, the RSS feed, YouTube, and iTunes. Podcast. So make sure that you connect yourself to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. What's popping gives you the list of topics for the day, proudly presented by Mon Paz Kettlecorn and Popcorn Factory. You heard from Duke Pettijohn, you heard from Sean Riley. It's now Mo Neal's turn to speak about the importance of special teams, as well as so much more, including the fact that I thought this was pretty cool. Mo Neal bookended this past season, or put this past week, I should say. And what I mean by that, what he did to bookend, is he scored the first touchdown. Against Western Michigan in the first quarter, and he scored Syracuse's final score of the game, which was the last touchdown scored in the fourth quarter. So, Mo Neal had bookend touchdowns against Western Michigan, the first score of the team in the first quarter, the last score of the team in the fourth quarter for Syracuse. And with that being said, we hop into my conversation with Mo Neal right here, where sports meets life on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Well, just what you could say about the rushing attack, just your thoughts. I mean, well, I kind of want to start with you bookended it in the last game. You got the first touchdown, the last touchdown. Just what that meant to you?
3: It meant a lot. I mean, I felt like we opened up as a run game, got it going a little bit. You know, it was great to
1: see. And, uh, you know, we just got to keep going forward from here. Tommy showed that he's got some legs from the outside looking in. People didn't expect that, but Coach said we always knew he could run. It's just picking those spots. Just what you can say about the runs that he had in the last game.
3: Exactly. We knew we knew Tommy could run well too. We knew he was going to surprise a lot of people once he got the opportunity, and I felt like he did that and you know caught a lot of people off guard. But uh, he, you know, it helps when uh, your quarterback can be mobile like that,
1: and uh, you know it's great to see the play fake he was able to do pretty well and, and utilize that on his own runs as well as the shovel pass to Aaron Hackett just what you could say about that play and, and the multiple kind of pieces to it? Yeah, I mean that play with design that he has, you know, uh,
3: multiple options on that. You know, he could you know pitch out to the running back or he's going to you know, dump it inside the hack it like he did. And, uh, you know, he made the right read and, uh, you know, plays like that, once you can capitalize and, you know, and you got so many different weapons around you, you know, it makes plays like that
1: great. The muffed punt that was recovered by Abdul Adams, just what you could say about him. I mean, obviously he's in the backfield with you, but yeah. also willing to go on special teams. Not everybody's willing to do that. Just exactly. what you can say about his play
3: there. He's a great player, man. You know, we knew coming in he was a hard worker. We knew he going to do whatever it takes to help the team win and, you know judging by that play you know uh, what did he made on Saturday you know he's a hard-working guy and you know he's gonna put it out on the line and uh, you know we need players like that. What have you taken from him and him from you? Just what you can say about the dynamic. We feed off each other, uh, you know, kind of like how me and Strickland did. You know, we, we, we look at each other game and, uh, you know, we, we talk to each other, study film, uh, you know, when, when we roommate together before the night before the game, we you know, we study tests and stuff like that. So, you know, it's always great to, to be able to have a guy like that in your room and we can motivate each other.
1: What did he do when he came onto this team as far as
3: deep in that backfield? Just what you can say about that. He did a lot. I mean, obviously I feel like, Abdul yeah, is a great all-around back. You know he, he blocks well, can catch out the backfield. You know he, he runs the ball real well. So you know he he was all-around back, and uh, that's what he brought to the table here, and uh, you know it elevated everybody else's game.
1: They've used you as an H-back, as somewhat of a wide receiver, as a traditional running back. Just what you can say. Being a senior and being in those multiple different places and different offenses as you step forward. I mean it, 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 it's it's great. You know I always
3: to try to you know prime myself to be every-down back. Um, you know that's the one thing I've been working on since. Since I got here is working on all aspects of my game so you know it feels good to you know be that back that does multiple things for the offense.
1: say for me two and two just what you can say you have an opportunity to get on the winning side of things again just where the team's at and how you would describe the locker room moving forward? The rock-
3: locker room you know everybody's hungry um, you know we know we still got a lot of work to do uh, you know we know who we playing this week uh, you know it's FCS school but we know we have to prepare you know like we play in Clemson or an or ACC school you know we got to get better at what we do so you know it's just a big, big thing is just stand focused and everybody buying in.
1: Big words coming from O'Neal after that saying, listen, we got to prepare like it's Clemson. It's an FCS school. You know, Holy Cross, the Crusaders are coming in from the Patriot League. Doesn't matter. You got to play your toughest game. You know, you got you to gotta give it all right there. And that's the thing is you want to go hard, you know. And they talk about, you know, if you're winning by a lot, do you want to run the score up and And this, that, and the other. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that you want to go 110%. Okay. You want to win these games. There's a reason why teams like Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State, they win games 56 to 7 or 77 to 7 or, you know, whatever it may be. Because when you're playing, you want to give your all. You want to go hard. You want to give everything that you can. Because if you're going 100% full steam ahead against a team like Holy Cross or whoever it may be, Then when you play the Clemsons of the world that are supposed to give you a little bit more fight, you've already had that push and you're doing that. Now, in Syracuse's case, it's the opposite. They've already played Clemson, but they got the meat of their ACC schedule coming up at Louisville is not going to be easy. At Duke is not going to be easy. BC is not an easy game. Pittsburgh is not an easy game. Wake Forest has been playing really well, started off the season 4-0. and So, I mean, at NC State. So there's a lot to be had coming up this season for Syracuse. So you want to go full steam ahead, not necessarily want to open up your playbook and show everybody everything and whatnot, but you want to give everything that you can and you want to push and you want to get after it. I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. You want to go 110% because why not? You want to see what your team can do. You want to see the fire that they can put out there because they're going to get tested moving forward. So why not put them out there and let them play hundred? You know, you don't want to say, Hey, play 57% against Holy Cross and then 110% against NC state. You can't do that. You want to play 110 percent every single week, no matter who you're playing against. It's why I liked that Mo said, "Listen, we're preparing like we're playing Clemson. That's how we look at Holy Cross. It's how we look at anybody. We got to go out there, give our all, give our best effort, and push because that's how you win games and that's how you grow as a team. You don't grow as a team by going, okay, well, we're going to be vanilla and do this, that, and the other, and then then we'll care next week. No, that's how you get beat. So you got to go out there and give your all and give your best. And Syracuse." Could be a winning team after this weekend at 3-2. and two. I know they're fighting for that. They're fighting for a bowl. They're fighting every game, every time, and they're fighting for each other. The offensive line is something that I've talked about here on the show a lot this season. And, you know, it started with Aaron Service really uh, talking with me a couple weeks before the season and saying, listen, I don't know where I'm going to be. None of the guys know where they're going to be. They're making us all play every position on the line to get comfortable because they're not, you know, con- nobody's sure about exactly where, you know, they're going to put us. So we're learning a little bit of everything. And I said, okay, well, that's a cause for some concern that there's no incumbent starter. I mean, obviously uh, Evan Adams at one of the guard positions, but, you know, you look at this and say, Okay you know, there isn't a clear cut who's going to be where. So if that's not happening, then maybe the staff, you know, is in a place where they don't feel 100% positive about any of these guys where they may be, which is a cause for some concern. And if they're going to be rotating, moving around, that means that there is not, you know, full chemistry or it's not all set. And if you don't know, you know, your place setting for each of this, then this could be a difficult table, you know what I mean? And so the first couple games this season were difficult and showed that this offensive line is trying to find its footing with Ryan Alexander who transferred in as well as Carlos Vettorello who had never played a collegiate down as a redshirt freshman and then Evan Adams and Aaron Service coming back but Sam Heckle having a rare disease and you know sometimes he's out there playing sometimes he's not Dakota Davis and Patrick Davis looking to make a name for themselves on this line so it was going to take time and it was going to be something that you know, I circled with the linebacker core in the quarterback situation and said, you know, these are the areas that I think Syracuse, you know, you really got to look at to see how successful the team's going to be this season. It's not a knock. It's not a negative. It's the truth. The offensive line took about four to five years to build. A lot of those, you know, there'd been changes that had come. And we look at the people that are no longer on the line and say, okay, well, with this change, Aaron Service has been a tackle. Aaron Service has been the center. Where is he going to be? Evan Adams is, he knows how to be a guard on the team, but he's moving from the right side to the left side. Patrick Davis and Dakota Davis, what are they going to bring to the table here? What's Ryan Alexander going to bring coming onto the team? What's Carlos Vederello going to do with, you know, him not only playing for the first time ever collegiately, but being a starter? So, you know, all of those questions have to be answered as the season goes on. And those questions come with chemistry, and those questions come with, you know, kind of building together and learning together. And through these first four games, there's been some ups and downs as you build and you learn together. There's building blocks to everything. I'm constantly learning as a broadcaster, I'm constantly learning about how to make things easier, how to make things look better, how to make things feel better, better equipment, uh, better things I could bring on the road. What is this that, you know, what can I do here? What can I do there? This will make this easier. This might be a little bit harder, but it'll make things look a lot cleaner. You're always learning. So with me circling the offensive line this year, I want to be clear that my circling of the offensive line was not a knock on the offensive line. It was the reality that it's going to take time to grow this thing, but that I have the utmost respect for Carlos Vettorello and Aaron Service and Ryan Alexander and Dakota Davis and Patrick Davis and Evan Adams and Sam Heckle and so on and so forth because these men are doing something that very few can and a lot of the people that may be screaming at them, as they watch the games are, are people that have maybe never played it. Maybe they have played it, but I can tell you that Aaron service has been a consummate professional and Evan Adams. I mean, guys I've spent a lot of time with over the years have been uh, truly good to me. And Aaron spent a lot of time with me this week to speak on the team. And I feel very privileged and honored to have spent that time with Aaron and Fo- with Aaron service. Sorry, looking at Donnie Foster. Welcome to the show, Donnie. So with Aaron service, my conversation with him, uh, very in-depth, and I'm happy that he gave me the time he did. He's always been good to me and uh, means the world to me. Little moments that you'll never see here on the show uh, When after this past game against Western Michigan when uh, Aaron was standing next to me, and we were both looking at the podium because some of the guys were talking, and Aaron, Aaron kind of was standing there, and I didn't know if he saw me, and I looked over. I saw him, and he, and he looks at me, and he goes, what's up, Dan? And I said, how you doing? And he said, good. And I was, and I was like, you know, good, you know, congrats on the win. He's like, good to get another one, brother. And he puts his hand out, bump my fist. It's moments like that of mutual respect where I want to see this line develop. I knew there was going to be, you know, some, some adversity there, but with adversity can come something great, you know, with adversity can come, the diamonds in the rough. And I hope that this offensive line provides that for Syracuse, provides that for Tommy DeVito, provides that for a successful season. So God bless to Aaron Service and everybody out there. And now I proudly, with that being said, want to bring you my conversation with Aaron as we step forward this season. Well, just what you can say about, you know, being on different parts of the line and, and trying to, you know, still figure that out. I know we talked about it a couple weeks going into the season and just navigating through having to play with different positions if need be.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm no stranger to it. I mean, the last two spring balls I've, I've played all at tackle and, you know, I came in as a tackle, so I'm not a stranger to tackle. So being put in that role, you know, earlier this season, you know, it wasn't anything that crazy to me. And then obviously going back to center, I mean, I've been playing center the last two years, so I'm, I'm really comfortable. In that position. So, um, you know, going back and forth between those two, it hasn't been too difficult for me. When you look at
1: this line trying to kind of find itself, you know, Ryan Alexander had to come out and got hurt in this last game. Obviously, Sam Heckle, you know, hasn't been able to, to be out there for you guys, trying to bring a guy in like Carlos Vatarello, and then having guys like Patrick Davis and Dakota Davis coming back this year and Evan Adams being a vet like yourself. Just what you can say about maybe the makeup of this line?
0: Yeah, you know, I think we've got a really you know, unique line in the, in the way that we train. Um, you know, Coach Cav really talks about versatility, especially you know in, in spring ball and things like that. And uh, even in camp, we were kind of shuffling around, trying to see you know what guy fits best where, and yeah. and, and you know things of that nature. So, um, you know, from that aspect, you know, with with people getting injured, going down, whatever, whatever, um, I think it's been been really good that we've kind of trained that way, so we're able to go in at multiple different spots and play different positions and things like that.
1: Even though, even though Sam hasn't been able to go out there, just what you could say about. When you sit in the film room, does he give you any pointers at the center position?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Sam's—he's a really smart guy, and you know, him and I know the offense really well. Um, so we're, we're able to have really you know good conversations and you know see a lot of things you know between each other that you know not everyone might see. Um, you know, when I when I watch him play him playing center, you know, I, I've got tips for him just because I've been playing it for so long, and you know, he, he's he's got a different different eye than I do, so he's able to give me tips and pointers uh, from that aspect as
1: well. Ryan Alexander transferred in, Carlos. Attarella was a redshirt freshman. What what have you seen from them when you go back and look at the film of these first few games? What have they done at the tackle
0: positions, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, Carlos is really young, and and Ryan's new to to the program, so you know, they're they're still learning and developing, and um, you know, I think they've done a lot of growing so far, and uh, I'm really excited to see how how that just keeps progressing week after week.
1: Do you feel like this team is, I mean, obviously going into this season, it had taken a few years to get the offensive line to where it was last year. Mm -hmm. You knew that there was going to be some change over and trying to kind of find chemistry with each other again. Do you feel like you're getting to a point where that chemistry is coming together four games
0: in? Absolutely. I mean we 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 are four weeks in now, and, you know, we're kind of expecting that, that gelling to start happening, and I think it has been, um, you know, especially, you know, this last week. I think we were a lot more cohesive as a unit, and I think, um, you know, we, we we flowed really well together. So yeah.
1: You had to block for a guy who could run, and then a lot of people didn't think this guy, Tommy DeVito, could take off, and he did for 96 yards on mm-hmm. just two carries, just what you can say about his ability
0: to get out of the pocket when he needs to. I mean, you know, going through all summer and, and seeing him train and seeing him practice, you know, we all knew that he could run. It was just, you know, when was he going to showcase that? And, and this past week he did. And I think that's going to be really good for not only him to showcase his abilities, but for, for us as an offense to show that, you know, he, is, he, he's, he can threaten you in a lot of different ways. And I think that, um, you know, defense should, be, uh, should have to plan for that, and that, that can be good for us.
1: The line's gone through changes. He's actually gone through changes as being a first-time starter. Just what you can say about how you've kind of helped each other out and, and been there for each other as a brotherhood, knowing that you guys have had to go through change. And, and obviously for him, he came in last year when need be. But now it's he's the guy. So yeah. just how you guys have all navigated that?
0: Him being Tommy, right? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, I think it's been really good. You know, um, you know, as an O line, we're developing, and you know, he's he's developing as as being that guy. And uh, you know, we've got a really good. Um, you know trust with him and I think he trusts us and it's it's really good you know uh, we, we all get along, you know, us front five and Tommy, and um, I think that really helps with just how we're able to play and, and how we how we view each other, you know, on the field, off the field, and, and things like that.
1: You had Evan on one side, then he flips to the other side. Obviously, you guys have a good relationship. Just what you can say about your relationship and how it's built over time because you guys are obviously being vets on this line and spending a lot of time together trying to build up this thing. Yeah, early on this
0: year, I, I kind of talked to him about it. Um, you know, every snap that I've played in my collegiate career, has been right next to Evan, you know whether it be on his right side, on his left side, at tackle, at, at center. You know, I've, I've always been next to him and I think that's, that's really cool that we've had so many games and I've, I've, I've been able to, to have the career I've had you know duration-wise with, with him next to me the whole time. I think we've got a, a really good chemistry and we understand each other really well and that only helps us on the field.
1: Getting your timing down. How comfortable are you four games in with Tommy? Obviously, being at that center position, just what you can say about you know timing and mechanics and everything that you've worked on there.
0: Yeah, I think it's been really good. You know, last year um, when, when he would come in, you know, just j- just certain things and cadence and everything. The the timing can be a little bit different, and it's a little bit weird at first. But I mean, I've gotten a lot of snaps with him, you know, throughout last season, throughout spring, throughout camp, throughout this season so far. So uh, I think we're at a really good place right now.
1: You guys have the chance to be a winning team again at 2-2 two two right now going into this game. Just what you can say about where you're at right now and maybe what the locker room feels like at this point.
0: Yeah, you know, we definitely didn't have the start to the season that we, we were hoping for. Um, you know, we, we just got to keep our, our chin to our chest and, and keep going, you know. Um, you know all, the, all the hype around us has kind of fizzled away a little bit, so uh, I think that, that, you know, that can be okay. We're really able to lock into football and, and play our game.
1: There was a lot of uh, talk about losing to Clemson, but Clemson's won 58 games since 2015. Only lost to four teams. You're one of those four teams. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was fair that that was a litmus test for you guys. It's, would you agree
0: with that? I mean, you know, we, we know that we can compete with a team of that caliber. Obviously, we, we've done it in, in the past. You know, last year was a really close game up until, you know, those last few minutes of the, of the, of the fourth, and then, and then the year before we ended up beating them. So... Um, Yeah, I mean, I think we can certainly compete at that level, and we we have in the past, and, uh, you know, this year we just came up short. Coach Kev, just what you could say about what he's done for
1: you as an offensive lineman and maybe some of his tutelage, his leadership, because since you've been here, you've had you know obviously different experience there.
0: Yeah, Coach Cav really, really focuses on the, the technique aspect of the game. You know, you know, coming in, I uh, Coach Lynch was our offensive line coach and he did a really fantastic job of you know teaching us young guys the offense and, and making all the right calls and, and doing all those things. And then by the time that Coach Cav got in, you know, we had a really good understanding of, of the offense, and then he was able to bring bring in you know, the really technical side of that and he was really able to to focus in on a lot of the little things that you know we, we weren't quite able to, to lock in on before and I think that's just really helped you know developed us you know as all-around players.
1: Do you feel like this line is starting to kind of bring it all together, find its identity at this point? You know, I know we talked about four games in, but do you feel like the guys that are new to it and kind of having to move some pieces around that it's finally starting to click, in your opinion?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think there, a lot of those young guys, those new guys, are are really understanding what it means to kind of be that, that, that first string kind of guy, and, and you know, the, the kind of trust that you have to have with the guy next to you. Um, you know, in, in practice and things like that, you may not really experience it, but when, you, when you're in a game, you know, the lights are on, the cameras are rolling, everything like that. Um, you know, you really understand what it means to, to play for the guy next to you, and, and I think that's really starting to happen.
1: Some awesome words coming there from Aaron Service uh, talking about the team and, and saying, you know, <clears throat> when the lights come on, you're really starting to realize what it's like to play for the guy next to you, and that that's starting to happen, and that's someone starting to come forward. For Syracuse's team, as this line is looking to build, and like I said, I mean, it's just it's nice to have that's you know uninterrupted, you know, just real candid conversation with uh, with a guy like Aaron Service about this offensive line that's been looking to grow and, and looking to blossom, and obviously to uh, start a new era as they continue on here at Syracuse and and build their own name. you know, Aaron Service working through it, Evan Adams being the vet, Ryan Alexander coming here for the first time, Carlos Veterello getting an opportunity for the first time, and then Dakota Davis and Patrick Davis both trying to find their footing as well as Syracuse moves forward in, in this game against Holy Cross. And once again, I want to let everybody know to come see us this Saturday, September 28th after the Syracuse game. We're doing a live post-game show with Syracuse alum Robert Drummond on site, on location at the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York at 5 p.m. The Syracuse Holy Cross game is at noon at the Dome at 5 p.m. We will be at the Wildcat Sports Pub and we look forward to seeing you there.